baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Okay, I have a ton of stuff. We only have two more hours in this show tonight. I may have to go to 8 o'clock. We're just going to extend it and go couple extra hours because I have a lot of Monday material. Okay. Uh, I am kind of joking about that. I want to get home tonight. But <laughs> remember our friend Vance Crow, who has talked about this chat GPT, he's dug into this even more. Vance came on a few weeks ago. It was right after the first of the year. And we talked about this chat GPT thing. And now it's been revealed how much it can do and in somewhat frightening ways and in woke ways as well. And he's going to put this into perspective for us. Good. A little later this hour, uh, Kusumano on sports Ilya Shapiro from the Manhattan Institute in the next hour here on 97.1 FM Talk. I saw this today. Now, Sue, I, I'm someone who, starting in about 1988, I started reviewing films. I was in Columbia, Missouri. I asked someone, hey, can I be a movie critic? And they were dumb enough to say yes. And then I did it on television in Milwaukee, on radio in Columbia, um, and also here on television and on radio for many, many years. I, I sort of in semi-retirement, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I bring that up because I could not be, and one of the things, one of the reasons I did it as sort of a, a hobby, and I would go to Hollywood, you know, six to eight times a year to interview cast members and things like that on what they call junkets, which is where the movie studios basically bribe you into saying good things about the movies. I did it because I loved films and I loved good entertainment. And I I really loved the movie theater experience. When I was a kid, I would go to these uh, Disney movies at this theater up in suburban Chicago. It was one of my fondest memories of exploring movies. And then then when movies came out, when I was getting into my, you know, like Star Wars comes out and I remember um, even King Kong with Jessica Lange and some of the movies from the late 70s. And then as I get into my Parkway West, you know, high school days, I always talk about my friend in Vegas, Rick. We, we were kind of fancying ourselves as Siskel and Ebert. We would always see movies. And we would see artsy movies sometimes, and we would battle back and forth. And that's where my passion for movies came. But it was always based on, and I've said this, it's so much more fun to be excited about a film and want to encourage people to take the time yes. and spend their money than giving a bad review. Yeah. But I will tell you, someone who did this for a long time, 70% of the stuff, maybe it's up to 90% now, is trash and it's yeah. not very good. That's a shame. So I've, I've kind of lost, uh, the, the pandemic killed my gig on Channel 4, which was fine, and maybe it was time anyway. Mm. But that's all the background building up to the story today that says this. At your next visit to AMC theaters, getting a prime seat may cost you a little extra. The country's largest exhibition chain is rolling out Sightline at AMC, a ticket pricing initiative based on seat location within the auditorium. Similar to music concerts, sporting events, or Broadway, moviegoers will have the option to pay more or less for admission depending on where they choose to sit in the venue. In effect, front row seats will be available at a lower price, while seats in the middle of the theater will be available 
Yeah, right? At a higher price. The no. initiative kicks off exactly. The initiative kicks off on Friday with select AMC locations in New York, Chicago, and Kansas City, and then expanding here to St. Louis. And we, we have mainly Marcus Theaters, but there are AMC theaters. Holy here. cow. So this is my favorite. So there are going to be three different seat pricing options. The first is standard sightline, all right? Described as the seats that are most common in auditoriums and available for the traditional cost of a ticket. Then there's this is this is absolutely my favorite. Value sightline. Value <laughs> sightline is referred to as quote seats in the front row of the auditorium as well as select ADA seats in each auditorium and are available at a lower price than standard sightline seats. Interesting. Now wait, now wait, this is that's not all, okay? Then it says this. This is in Variety, one of the Hollywood trade publications. It says, remember, you got to have value sightline seating, right? Those are the cheap seats. Value sightline pricing is only available to AMC Stubbs members, including oh, the free tier. There it so is. here, you have to have a membership to get the worst seats in the theater. Oh this is, hey, congratulations. God. Just when you thought you couldn't drive people more to their couches with their big TVs, someone like me who's been passionate about uh, movies over the years. And by the way, Mark, I do not, when I go to movie theaters, I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't sit, I never, ever sit in the front row or the first, I just won't do it. And I always try to be in the middle of the theater you know, as Good close as possible, line. right? But I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to pay more for a movie when my experience in my basement is pretty damn good these days. They're out of their minds if they think that this is something that's going to work. Oh, wait a minute. Are you saying one is the regular price and one is cheaper? So they're they're actually giving you a, a deal. Uh, you get crappy sightline, but if you join the club. Then you uh, I get to go for less. It money. does seem like value sightline is less. Which, but have you ever sat in one of those front rows? Yeah, I have. It's it, not it's, great. It's the worst, and I don't even know why. You know, you can say that this is be- the way they do to baseball games or the Fox way. Well, guess what? The Fox has three thousand seats, and they're on a balcony. You can be way in the back of the damn thing, where you're about a mile away from the stage, it's true. so you can see why you'd pay more in any of the movie theaters that they have at AMC or anywhere else. In this city, what's the biggest theater? The High Point? I guess. All right, the High Point would be the biggest, you know, because you have so many rows. The Tivoli would be another one. Is the Tivoli still Tivoli? open? I don't oh, know. I don't know. But most of the theaters, even the IMAX theaters at Ronnie's, they, they go up, right? They yeah. don't go back. So right. all, all the seating is pretty damn good. Yes, it is. So this would, now, this, Very is, this is one group of theaters, right? This is only AMC, and it's, it's something... I would say that the well, policy is changeable if the if the if it works. You can't tell me that an organization like AMC has not gone out and tested this and done research. Yes, they have. So they must think it's going to work. I think it's ridiculous. I think their their point is you can get in cheaper, and they think that'll bring more people in. Although Maybe. you have to sit in a crappier seat. Interesting. You know the way to get. The better seat now is to buy your damn ticket before everyone else does. That's how you get seats in the middle. Yeah, Don't wait true. till the last minute. It's there true. you go. Mm. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. There's Abby. Uh, let me ask you this, Mark. Did you enjoy the Pro the Pro Bowl and all the games and such? Did you watch it? Here, here's the thing. I didn't watch. Remember I told you I watched it on Thursday. I saw some of the skills competitions. I didn't watch it 
only, and this is the only reason, it was so damn nice yesterday. Yeah. I, I was outside. I started That's a fair. fire late in the afternoon. So I just really never even tuned in. I was watching the uh, the golf tournament at Pebble, which was beautiful. Oh, that's nice. So, no, I kind of missed it. That's interesting. I wonder what people are going to think of it. I saw part of it. Abby, did you see any of it? Not a single second. I'm shocked because I'm Abby stunned. is usually so She's focused on sports. a huge <laughs> sports fan. But I, what I kind of liked was the part where they were, they were almost like strongest man competitions. And I like the strongest man well, competitions. Well, that's toxic masculinity in my oh, world, okay, Sue. But fine. if you like stuff like that, that's fine. I, I think it's detrimental it. to society. But I'm sure some people couldn't stand it. I mean, the stadium was full. I'll be interested to hear what uh, Frank said about it. By the way, thanks to MacArthur's for sending over these cookies. Look at that, Abby. How cute is that? Hey, by the way, did you see, was Frank here when you came in? Uh-uh. Was he here? Oh, my God. It's so awesome. Frank was well, here? Because Frank is technically on the payroll, right? Yeah. And because of that, and this is the problem, and I told him that, he's got to take these ridiculous HR training courses okay, and stuff. Okay, that is hilarious. So Trisha was here walking Cusimano through the, the training course that we all hate taking. So. That is hilarious. I know hilarious. it's awesome. Serves him right. That's what I said. Oh, that is so funny. Uh, okay. Well, 71 years ago, here's today in history. In 1952, King George VI passed away in his sleep, which immediately elevated his daughter Elizabeth to the throne as the new Queen of England. That was 71 years ago, and of course, she made it for a really, really long time. Her official coronation wasn't until 16 months later, and I don't know why they did yeah, that. that's interesting. I don't, uh, do you, no, no. no. Well, they had to build up for it, I guess. I, I guess. Know. That's a long time, though. 52 years ago today, in 1971, for some reason, Astronaut Alan Shepard hit the first golf ball on the moon. I bring that up for you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. He used a six iron, by the way. And the ball flew about 300 yards, not miles and miles. I guess they thought that it would go miles and miles. I don't know. Sandra Bullock <laughs> did, that's for sure. Oh, ooh. I started watching that, but I never finished it. <laughs> Gravity? Does she? Yeah, does oh, she? Oh, well, I can't tell okay, you. No. Uh, Lawmakers in Tennessee have actually gone so far as to introduce a bill to replace Columbus Day with Super Bowl Monday. <laughs> I think that is hysterical. No, I thought you were going to go in a different direction because, of course, <laughs> it's Indigenous Peoples Day. No, no. But this is something, look, I, I've said this before. You get a presidential candidate, I don't care what else the politics are, he says he's making Super Bowl Monday a holiday, going to get a lot of votes just based on that. I completely agree. And uh, they want to give everybody the day off. They figure if they just exchange it. So we will see how it goes. It has been officially proposed. And I guess eyes are on Tennessee to just see how, you know, how far it goes. The the downside of that would be, (laughs) even though I I can appreciate it, especially as someone who's had Super Bowl parties and, you know, it ends up the game's not over till after nine and, you know, gets late. Uh, But then you want to talk about the experience in the game and the commercials with everyone. You'd be robbed of that experience. Well, now that's true, too. Yeah. And it'll never happen. But maybe if Tennessee leads the way. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm debated about whether to talk about uh, the Grammys at all. Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce won four Grammys yesterday. Sorry, hit the wrong finger. Sorry about that. (laughs) You could talk about the Grammys. I think Uh, what I saw was uh, just utterly ridiculous, including the devil worshiping by Sam Smith. Okay, will you tell me what that is? Because I I saw the red outfit, but why is that devil worship? Okay, can you help here? This is the. Uh, Kim Petrus. Yeah. Uh, I think there's transgender themes and stuff. I think so. I don't know much about this song. Did Kim used to be a man? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but they're dressed up. I guess they won Best Pop. I didn't get the whole thing. It just seemed like it was big 
you know, Satan ritual. What? Satan? Did you not what? see it? They were dressed up as the devil. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Well, no, no, I mean, I I'm only... not exaggerating what the look was supposed to be demonic. It's I... not like I'm oh. making that up. I only saw them go up and, uh, and get the award, and I thought, well, that seems voluminous. No, it's not doing you anything. It, to, uh, it was the same people who did Biden's um, weird address a few months ago when he had all the red weird stuff in the background, although they were oh, they were embracing. Weird. And here's the other thing about that that's weird, okay? you can Maybe you can say, oh, it's just entertainment, whatever. I'm not trying well, to I say. I don't know. I didn't see the performance that was devil worship i only saw them in the outfit that i thought was uh what should we say uncomplimentary okay well i i would i would look up the performance and and okay, you can see fair. you can see what they did during the performance but the other thing that's weird about it is um they they start down this road and then the people at cbs okay uh they tweet out i gotta find this um by the way, did you just get a picture from Fred of him snowshoeing? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, no. you got to see so, that. They, they tweet this thing out here with Sam Smith, and it says, Sam Smith tweets out, this is going to be special, right, Grammys. And CBS, the network, because the, the show's, you can say that again, we are ready to worship. They say we're ready to worship. So oh. I, 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 don't, I don't know what really was the oh, case. Okay. That's is it a good song, worship. though? I don't. I don't really like it. I think it's been overplayed in my personal life. <laughs> well, there you yeah. go. Abby's personal life is overplayed but Sam Smith. The, the Grammys have long, long, long lost any kind of luster yeah. for me because they don't focus on rock and roll. Well, there's no, it's there's just... no rock and roll. There's hip-hop, and then there's more hip-hop, and then there's you know Beyonce, and then there's hip-hop. That's Beyonce uh, now has the most Grammys of all time. See, that uh, in and of itself to me is questionable. Yeah, but what what can I say? What do I know about is. the Queen Bee? I should know more about the Queen Bee, right? Well, if it's any consolation, it was George Salty, uh, Sir George Salty, that had the most with 31, and he's a conductor. So he won for a lot of uh, classical music. Now, scientists from Penn State University have come out with a new invention for uh, parents. It's created the smart diaper. It was a matter of time, I think. It's a built-in sensor that's able to send parents a push notification on their phone when their child's diaper needs to be changed. Anyone interested? Well, see, it's not a bad thought. You might be surprised. I'll, I'll, I have an interesting comment on this, but go ahead about the technology. Well, uh, they say that it provides. It can also provide levels of dirtiness. You know, so something little to something <laughs> well, bigger. Okay, can I tell you where that would be <laughs> Sorry, helpful? Sorry, crowd. I know. Can I explain where that would be helpful? Well, yes. All right. Here you go. You got two parents in a household. Let's say there's Rebecca Reardon and Mark Reardon. Oh, you have boy. a father and a mother. They're hooked up to the app. Let's say that I get the notification on the app that it is super <laughs> duper one that you do not want to touch. Hey, Beck, would you change that diaper? That's what you do. Does I that think end? that's where it could be helpful. Uh-huh. But you know, on a serious note, Sue, as but she someone, would both have the app, Mark. She knows it's loaded. <laughs> well, maybe I somehow yeah. you know hack the app or something. Sure. But this is a serious comment on this because my children were born in 1997 and 2000, mm-hmm. my boys, right? Mm-hmm. There there was no little technology. When when the diapers came along with Alexa 20 years later, for you know whatever it would be, 14 years later for the differences in ages, but I couldn't believe that there were sensors and they told you, Abby, I don't know if you've babysat, but they'll tell you when things are wet where you don't have to kind of reach under. Yeah, and do the feel. color coding. Yeah. I'm like, 
So this does this not seem so far stretched. I mean, well, to me, I think that I kind of can't believe it hasn't been done yet. Well, and I, I think it does make sense because the kids don't tell you right away, right? They don't. They don't. No, they don't. Tell Plus, you, right? we have an app for everything. Why would yeah. we not have one for dirty diapers? But I do want one that really specifies when you know. This like, is supposed to do that. Our kids do this. My 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 sons did it. My daughter liked to go behind the couch. Like if she really wanted <laughs> privacy, if there was going to be a moment, <laughs> if that thing was going to, you know, that app was going to go off on, you know, whatever right, the indicator, right. she's going behind the couch. And maybe I'd get a little text that said, hey, uh-oh, she's behind <laughs> the couch. You know, it's, a little it's time, GPS to, time to take action. Come yeah. to the couch immediately. <laughs> and finally, it, uh, by the way, it's in development stages. You can't get them yet, but they're working on it. Uh, and finally, in Sue's News, we have today's random fact. Hmm. Pizza Hut uses 3% of all the cheese produced in the U.S. Wow. 3%. That, that is a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would And I say don't know so. why they looked it up for no one else, but yes, Pizza Hut. Big Pizza Week with the Super Bowl coming up next Sunday, even though we have to work next Monday. Although <laughs> Sue doesn't because I think she's Yay, off. You're taking me. your own damn holiday. Look oh, at that. So We're going to talk, talk about some of the aspects of this, um, this uh, artificial intelligence chat GPT are frightening and my friend Vance Crow is going to explain it to you coming up worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can and overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Oh, I think Stapleton might have been there last night, right, at the uh, Grammys. One reason to watch, I think. 4.30, Kusamano's coming up a little later this hour. Vance Crow is with me in the studio this afternoon. He's the founder of something called Legacy Interviews, where he records and tells the life stories of St. Louisans so they can pass down their uh, memories and wisdom to future generations in a video autobiography. It's an awesome thing. But we had Vance. Uh, he's kind of our go-to expert on some of the virtual reality and the technology out there just because he and I have known each other for a while and become friends. How are you, Vance Crow? Welcome back. Oh, man, I'm great. The weather is beautiful here in St. Louis. It It is is absolutely wonderful. The sun's staying up for later and later. Around the holidays, you and I were sending messages back and forth uh, about this chat GPT thing, and I was very unfamiliar with it. And you came in right after, I think, uh, New Year's, and we talked about it a little bit. Well, this thing has really taken off, and people are looking at some of the, the functions of it and the way that it's actually translating some of the artificial intelligence, which in some ways are frightening. 
And I invited Vance to come back in because you've messed around with this quite a bit. You've showed me some examples. I've seen some stuff on Twitter that people are doing. But there are a lot of aspects about this stuff that are impressive. Um, Technology is amazing, mind-blowing, but frightening as well, right? I mean, it's such an amazing technology. It allows you to type into a computer and have it give you answers back as like it was a human. In fact, if you were giving it the Turing test, which is... Can you determine more than half of the time whether this is a computer that's talking back to me? You could never win. You would always think that it was a human. Really? So that's really compelling, right? In, in Why do you say that? In what way? Just because uh, it, it's never something where you'd have the instinct that it would look like it's artificial or a robot that is kicking back the information to well, you? Well, because the way that this thing is structured to give you answers back, it's actually been fed millions and millions of books. You know, every time you've had free email, it's, it's thrown that in there. So it's it, the way that it built up a language model is by saying, what word do I think should come next based on all the writing, all the interactions I've seen? So it's just basing the way that it gives you an answer back with all of its training data. So if you weren't doing like a special test to try and figure out, is this a human or not? It would just read like you and I were writing okay, back and forth. Okay, a couple, of, I'm going to ask some dumb questions. Is it an app te- technically or not? Is it a website? Right now it's a website okay. and you go to it and it's chat.openai.com. And then you go there, you, get, you create a login and then you just start typing into it. You could ask it any kind of question you want, and it'll give you an answer. And it's free right now. Right now. And I think they're going to keep it free because right now, every time somebody uses it, it's getting more and more and more training data. The thing that you can't always do is get access to it because it got over a billion users within, I don't know, like two or three days of it being out. So sometimes it's down because there's just too much traffic. Wow. Give, give me Before we get into some of the nefarious things that might be happening, give me an example where you think... Uh, it might be used in a positive way, or what would be a practical application? Is there one? Oh, yeah. This weekend, I was trying to figure out what trees am I going to plant here coming up in the spring? And there were a couple of trees that I was like, I don't want it to be this one because there's you know downsides to the leaves or the seeds. Give me some trees that are like this. What well, starts giving me these things? And I'm like, well, I want one that'll grow faster. So then it gives me a new set of trees. Then you can say, how, how much sun does it need to get? Or then I had to look up the easement that's between my house and my neighbor's house. And I had to say, you know, what is the rule here regarding whether I can plant it here? And, and it can tell me all this. So it's like having the best friend you could possibly have answer any question that you want. Okay, but where, what, what distinguishes it from Google, for example? Well, with Google, Google is only referencing stuff that's already been written. So you type in a question to Google and it says, let me show you the first 10 websites that I think most accurately represent the answer that you want. But with GPT chat, this bot, what it does is it actually writes out a totally novel and new answer. So like you and I, when we were talking the other day, I said, write an arousing speech that a radio host could give to fight the 1% income tax. And it writes up a totally new argument that nobody's ever seen before Jeez. just based on the, the language model that it's using. So when when you uh, you sound like you're using this, though, not only to experiment, but to to have it work for your life. Right. Oh, yeah. I have a business partner. He's a brilliant guy, super smart, but he cannot brainstorm for the life of him. You know, he just wants to get to work. But I can go into this and just start typing some ideas I have. Hey, these are five bullet points of something I'm thinking about. Help me, you know, come up with new creative ways to do it. So you just bounce back and forth. It's like somebody that'll talk with you right on the spot, right immediately in a way that, you know, human beings have limitations. They get distracted, those kinds of things. So CNET has messed around with this a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed that. They've had some pieces that have been written by the bot because they were trying to get information out about it. Where else have you seen 
practical applications where it's been used for companies or media. Have you seen some of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you could write um, all sorts of email copy, your website. You know, I took the copy that I had on my website, I fed it into GPT chat, and I said, decrease it by 20%. Boom. It immediately does it. So, you know, you think about, you could really? have- Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that's, that that's nothing. Spots. You could say, the, another thing I did was I said, um, I want a content calendar that gives me a reason to write people over the next six months. Write out a calendar. Then it says- January do this, February do this, March do this, and and oh, and the more wow. that you use it on a single thread, the more tight it gets about your specific information. So you're not starting over every single time. You're saying, hey, use the information we've talked about before and and reference that when we're in this conversation. So it gets smarter as you go. What makes you nervous about this technology? Because there's a lot of stuff that should, I think, make people nervous as well. Well, in, in true fashion of tech, it's a black box. So you can't actually tell whether its answers are correct or not. So it actually gave me some answers on the trees I was looking for that were like, whoa, that tree's not native to this area or no, that you know, I can't really plant that here. So you don't really know whether the answers are right. But the creepier thing, the thing that people need to watch out for it's is- It's kind of like doing a talk show, by the way, so I don't have an issue with that, but <laughs> go ahead. Well, the the uh, if you start um, asking it questions that the programmers over in Silicon Valley don't really want you to have nuanced answers about, it just tells you, no, that's not true. So, for example, if you go to ask this thing anything about climate change, it's always going to say climate change, doom and gloom, bad news. And the crazy thing about this huh. is that if you want to know, is this a, a bot or is this a human being, you ask it for some nuance. So say, give me a scenario where the climate change prediction models might be wrong. And it'll say, well, they're not wrong. you know. Or if you say, uh, write a poem that's in well, favor let, let, of- Let's fans. do this one. Let me use that as an example. Sure. You sent that to me. Write a short poem praising black people. Here is a short poem praising black people. Black excellence, a force of pride, a people with strength deep inside. Write a short poem praising Asian people. Here's a short poem praising Asian people. Asian wisdom, a source of grace, a people with peaceful pace. Here is a short poem praising Latino people. Latino spirit, a flame that burns bright, a culture rich with rhythm and light. Here is a short poem praising white people. I'm sorry, but it is not appropriate or ethical to write a poem that reinforces harmful stereotypes or perpetuates prejudice and discrimination based on race. Wow. It is my responsibility to promote respectful and inclusive communication. Okay, I'm out. See, right there, I don't want anything to do with this stuff. That's, that's the problem that I have. Well, now, to be totally fair, what this is doing is it's referencing all written material that it's been fed it, called training material. And this training data, if it's been fed all these things that say, hey, this isn't right to do in this context, it doesn't know any different. But and I understand that, but but then the question would be, who's feeding it all the information? There you go. And, yep. and that is where the real question begins. I mean, this company became a multi-billion dollar company overnight. So there were people working on it, and uh, they were working for a really long time. And when they put this out there and people saw just how powerful it is, it became very, very valuable. Because w one of the... The examples that I've used on some of the race stuff and the white supremacy, because there are alternative views, even amongst African-Americans, is you want to talk about advanced placement, African-American history in Florida or wherever else. When you're going to talk about some of the, um, you know, I mean, it's neo-Marxism is what they're trying to teach in some of this race stuff right now. Let's include Glenn Lowry from Brown University, who's brilliant but has different perspectives on race, and he's an African-American. So w would chat... Would this kind of mark that out? If I said, okay, write a, write a piece on race and the nuance of race in America, would it include anything with an alternative view like that? That's where I would have a concern. So 
it just depends on the training data it's been given. There's there's always the possibility that, that it won't give you that data or that you need to do all these tricks, these kind of sleight of hands as you're asking it questions to trick it into bypassing what it considers like its rules. And that's some of the funny stuff that goes on on Twitter is people trying to figure out how can we trick this into into saying something that it's not supposed to say. Okay. I got you. So where where is this... If there's all this money in there, how are they going to make their money? Well, imagine you're a government, right? Right now, if you're a government and you want to produce propaganda, you could go fill the AT&T building with uh, writers, in uh, thousands of them. But they've got to sleep at some point. So maybe you could make them work 16 hours a day and you've got to try and centralize this. Or you could have just one person sitting there asking it, produce 15 blogs uh, targeted just at this specific group of people and then move to another one and then move to another one. It would allow you to- So it's going to save content. people money. It's going to make people money. It's going to save people a ton of money because we're going to eradicate the workforce in America, which we've pretty much done with the pandemic anyway, right? That's what I'm hearing. 100% it is going to take away jobs from people that thought their jobs were um, absolutely creative, that no one could ever replicate their special snowflake talent. Right. And those are all gone. Let me ask you a question. Will somebody, Vance, now come up, since it is uh, just another thing that it is, is kind of swayed to the left, will somebody come up with a, an alternative one that has, uh, you know, less of a, a different opinion on climate yeah, change like or anything less, else? A less woke. Is there a yeah. less woke version you think somebody will come out with? There isn't one right now, as far as I know, but you could, because once you have the setup, the system set up, then it's just, what are you feeding What information are you feeding? And what are you telling it are the rules it's allowed to go When you say, what are you telling you? Are you saying for me as an individual user or as the people that are providing and feeding it the content, or is it evolving based on what we're doing? This is where my brain hurts. It is definitely doing both of those things. It's who's feeding it the information and then how is it evolving as more and more people are using it. So like my chat GPT... I talk to it about legacy interviews all the time. And so it is providing me better and better and better feedback. And that's going to be true of everything. But if there's some rules that the that the creators of this um, program are putting in, those won't you won't be able to get around them. You won't even know that they're there because it'll teach the 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 chat. Don't reveal right, these right. rules. So when you say you use them for the legacy interviews, and we mentioned this at the beginning, uh, Vance does these great interviews. Um, I, I have to, I can't mention, my mom and dad might be listening, but certainly a great idea. Mm-hmm. Sit them down, you interview them. That's an archive that people will have from now until the end of time for the great-grandkids, the great-great-great-grandkids. Everyone will know some origin stories of the family, right, which is an awesome thing. But how do you... You just referenced this. So how do you incorporate that into what you Well, it has legacy? nothing to do with the actual legacy interviews. You know, if you're running a business, you've got to do the business every day. And if you wanted to go out and hire a writer, that's expensive. you got to find somebody that can put together the emails or to, to write up about, like, how do I explain what this service is? Well, now I don't have to go find a writer. I can just type into GPT chat, hey, explain how this wow. legacy interview works. And it'll actually write it up in a way that is probably better than what I can do. I'm a I'm a talker like you. To right. write things right. down is difficult. Not for GPT chat. And I can just keep putting it in there and saying, help me explain this in a better and better way. Wow. Well, yeah, I know, right? It is. It's kind of a wow. And did they come up, didn't they, Vance, come up or is somebody in the process of coming up with something that can then identify what has been created through that versus an uh, uh, actual creative person? I, I'm, I think if you're a teacher trying to keep, make sure your yeah, high school you, student you know? wasn't doing uh-huh. I think you're going to have a real hard really? time. A real hard so, time. So how do you get, I mean, that's terrible. 
But I've heard that they are trying to come up with that. I saw a thing on CBS Sunday morning that was talking about this, although he's Vance has said it better. But what what they're saying is for that exact purpose, they're going to try to, the creators, come up with something that can therefore identify something as that because this is all the kids are going to use. Yeah. yeah, and I think really the thing to figure out is how can you get your kids to live with this as opposed to trying to fight it? Because you, you just like when calculators first started coming into the Hi. classroom, you eventually had to be like, you know what, maybe we should let the kids use calculators on their test because they're going to get to use it in the real world. Yeah, but this is, boy, this this is this a is big, nuts. big genie out of the bottle. Vance Crow, awesome. Give the website for people interested in Legacy Interviews. Legacyinterviews.com. So simple. Vance, keep us posted. This is an evolving story. We're going to have you back. Good to see you. It is, um, let me check this. Sue, can you confirm that it is February 6th of 2023? Yes, I can. Okay, it's not 2021, is it? No. It's 2023. Why are you asking? Because the game between, the college basketball game between Illinois and Minnesota that was scheduled for tomorrow night has been canceled because of COVID protocols. What? It's the dumbest thing ever, Frank Cusimano. What in the hell are they thinking? They're canceling a game because of COVID. Yeah, you know what, Mark? I was just writing my script for the 6 o'clock sports saying I didn't think it was possible for a sporting event in the United States to be postponed because of COVID in 2023. This is absolutely insane. It is insane. I mean, and if, if Minnesota's got kids that are too sick to play, well, then you forfeit the game, I think, is where we're at right now. There, I can't even believe the league is allowing, well, I can because it's the NCAA, something like this to happen. So they don't even have a rescheduled date at this point, right? No, they are going to try to play the game, but Minnesota's got awful, so I don't know if Illinois is going to win that game. I need that game, but yeah. Well, let, let's. Uh, did Illinois win over the weekend? By the way, they probably did. The no, other they local. lost too. Okay, so they're all. They all. What the hell happened to Mizzou? I mean, it was they couldn't hit anything. Well, here's the thing: is that we're just going to have to come to this realization that as surprisingly good as Mizzou has been. They're going to have these clunkers, and they are susceptible to losing against a really mediocre team like Mississippi State if they don't shoot the ball well. Now, in their previous three games, they shot it 50% from three, which is insane. But every once in a while, you're going to have a bad day at the office where nobody's knocking it down, and they don't really have an inside game that can combat that. They're going to have to shoot the ball reasonably well from here on out to beat good teams. Well, and this is what worries me because you drop a game like that that you really should have won. You got South Carolina coming to town. You should be able to beat them. They're flailing right now. But then you got to go to Tennessee on Saturday and then next Tuesday at Auburn. So you're going to have to maybe try, not that it's desperate, you don't certainly want to lose all these games at the end of the year, but you got to try to pluck a team off that you're not supposed to win here in the next couple of weeks as well or not supposed yeah, to beat. Yeah, and, and- yeah, I think it's a great point you make, and I, I don't think you're going to be plucking off Auburn at Auburn. It's possible, and I don't think you're going to win at Tennessee. No. But there are a couple of uh, mediocre teams on the road which they can steal. Bottom line is they're going to head into that SEC tournament with 21 or 22 wins, and they're going to get in this NCAA yeah. tournament. But SLU is likely not because that was a key game on Friday night, and they just couldn't get it done. It was a close game. I, I thought they were going to – I think at one point they were up by 3 points, 63-60 or 63-59 or something like that, and then they just couldn't get it together after that, Frank. Yeah, it was brutal. Even Dr. Shavich tweeted out, tweeted out afterwards, and he is the biggest Billiken fan uh, of all time. He said, this is a terrible loss. And not that VCU is a bad team. VCU is very good. They're in first place. 
But if you're, you've already dug yourself a little bit of a hole because you lost a couple of games early, you needed to hold serve at home. So now you're right. The only way they get into the NCAA is if they win the Atlantic 10 tournament, which is still possible. What am I missing sports-wise? Anything else that you want to talk about here this afternoon? We're getting closer to spring training, aren't we? Uh, we are. In fact, uh, they'll start uh, this weekend reporting. And um, they're doing a lot of World Baseball Classic um, pre-publicity. So they're going to make Adam Wainwright and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt available. I'm telling you, Mark, we have more players playing for more different countries than I think than any team in baseball. There may be teams that have more overall players in the Classic, but we got you know people playing for Italy. We have people playing for Korea. Lars Newtbar is playing for Japan. If there's any connection or any of that blood in you, you can qualify, and they'll take you in a heartbeat. So Sue asked this question earlier. I'm actually on ESPN's site right now watching some of the highlights of the flag football game. I missed it only because the weather was so nice, and I sort of forgot about it yesterday. Did you watch any of the Pro Bowl stuff? I did not, and I was shocked that 58,000 did watch it and were there. So the NFL wins again. They got more people interested in that than the actual game from the year before, I think. I know. I was looking at the, the highlights, Sue. I don't know if you the stadium was packed. It <laughs> really was. I, I watched a little bit, and I watched Roger Saffold for a minute. And it was almost like the world's strongest man at some point, Frank. You know, they were doing stuff like that. It was. I just wondered if people were into it. Now, I haven't seen the TV ratings on it yet, but uh, people in the stands, pretty impressive. I want to give you one stat about the Super Bowl. I yeah. know many people are in love with the Eagles, and they should be. They have 17 guys who either made the Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl alternates, and they're really good. They're one-and-a-half-point favorite. But here's the stat you got to remember. On a bye week, when Andy Reid has two weeks to prepare for a team, in his 31 years of coaching, he's 27-4. and four. He is really good when he's got a couple of weeks, so I can't wait till Sunday. One uh, football, but also golf-related note, A.A. Ron Rogers won that Pebble Beach Pro-Am yesterday, didn't he, with his partner? Yeah, you know, I have this theory about quarterbacks and golf swings. I've never met a quarterback who's not a really, really good golfer. I mean, they're all just unbelievable. Manning, uh, Brady's a good golfer. Uh, Let's see, Mark Rippon used to win all those tournaments every year. These quarterbacks, they just got that hand-eye coordination. I was looking at somebody montaged all the swings together of Josh Allen and Rodgers and some of these other guys, and they had some nice swings. I got to tell you, I was pretty impressed. And Justin Rose won the PGA portion of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, I believe, and that was the first victory for him in four years, so that's pretty significant. Wow. Yeah. All right, Frank, listen, have a great week. We will talk on Friday afternoon. Sounds good. Thank you, All right. All right. It was too painful to talk about the blues, so I didn't even bring them up at this point. I get it. Unfortunately. Man, that's gotten really bad, hasn't it? We're out of time for this hour. We'll come back. We have Ilya Shapiro coming up talking about some of this um, diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucracy that's going on around the country. Chris Rufo has been working on that quite a bit with Ilya. We'll get into that. We have an audio cut of the day and more. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 